Hey, Dan Talks listeners, welcome to another episode of Dan Talks. This week, I'm talking to Patrick Stromey, who is a photographer who also has his BFA and MFA in drawing and painting. He taught both of those things at multiple universities before becoming a full-time stay-at-home parent to his daughter, Maple, that he has with his partner, Michelle. And Patrick was also the photographer for uh, Endurance Queen in October. Uh, for me, which was great. And uh, you've probably seen, uh, if you go to my Instagram, you'll see the photos that Patrick took. And then uh, in the episode description, you'll also see his Instagram and his wedding uh, Instagram account linked there. So you can see more of his beautiful work. Uh, But I was so excited to talk to Patrick about his professional history, his project with his daughter, Maple, and just sort of how he has experienced the world of art and life and how those intersect and uh, diverge at times. Uh, And yeah, he's just a great person and uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, here is Patrick Stromey. So Patrick, I, uh, I imagine that your life now is not as you would have pictured it when you were a child. When I was a child? Yeah, or is it? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't really think about it a lot when I was like younger. You didn't think, I want to live here, have this partner, have this job, or this kid, or many kids, or did you think well, that? Well, I mean, I, it's, I, I just sort of like, no, I really didn't think a whole lot about it. I mean, I, I knew sort of that I wanted to um basically like ideally live a simple-ish life that's not too complex and busy and confusing and um that's that is what I have although it is still not easy you know so I was gonna say I mean having a child and being a stay-at-home dad is anything but simple and not confusing yeah, it's both. I mean, it's, it's, it's um, hard and simple because in reality, it is just me watching my two-year-old daughter, Maple, and that's, that's all I have to do, you know, but it's the moment to moment um, that is just like a complete roller coaster as a stay-at-home parent, so. Do you think that... Go ahead. Do you think in some ways, like, let's say you worked an office job and you're sort of at the whim of X boss or supervisor and yeah. there's sort of ups and downs. And you do you feel like, well, now I'm just sort of at the whims of this little person's ups and downs. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, definitely a lot more so than like a boss. Um, during the pandemic, um, I randomly picked up a job um earlier kind of like in between when I was kind of stopping teaching but also becoming a stay-at-home parent and I worked um at a used car dealership photographing like interiors and exteriors of vehicles and um there was something that I've never like I've been a waiter that was definitely a different level of stress but like I've never just had like a job that you just go to do the little job and then go home. And 
there's part of that that was so enjoyable in a way um just because I didn't it was so simple and basic I didn't really have to think of much yeah I had to follow like the emotions and whims of my boss but in terms of comparing that to being a stay-at-home dad um it's it's worlds different and because every second you're you're like on you know I might be doing the dishes I might be um trying to put the groceries away or taking her grocery shopping and it's like one second something could happen she falls or she wants me to help her with something or so I'm constantly I have like I don't know I kind of think of it like 10 or like 20 to 30 seconds I can think by myself and then something is I need to be paying attention to and and so it's constantly um you're just like on all the time and and you you know when you work a job and you don't have a kid you're like oh weekend sweet that's awesome but it's there's no there's no weekends you know like my wife is home my partner's home to help um but like the the nap times and the emotions and the time that we get to spend with each other like Michelle and I get to spend with each other is exactly the same as it is during the week and everything too so when you and Michelle first got together did you think like that you would both keep working when you had a kid or like you would be teaching and she'd be doing her job or did you strategize like well if we ever did that then I would probably stay home yeah um that is a good question. Um, we weren't really sure. And we were living in Milwaukee at the time. And when Maple was born, um, it was during the pandemic and of uh, September 2020. So just like right in the middle of like all of it. And like politics were absolutely insane as well. Um, and it was just really crazy. And I was at that time, um, we had just kind of started thinking like where can we live like we wanted to have a house you know before we had a kid and follow that I guess nuclear family kind of ideal but that didn't happen and I would never change it for the world actually I tell anyone if, if we could do it that way and stuff um, anyone can but in terms of the job thing she was basically applying for jobs at universities in the state as a mental health counselor. And I was applying for jobs in the state as a art instructor um, to teach drawing and painting. And um, cause that's what I was doing for like four years. And then we kind of decided that whoever would get the job, the other person would then become the stay at home parent. So that's kind of how we decided it. And um, she got a job in, Stevens Point at Mid-State Tech as a mental health counselor. And we moved from Milwaukee in three weeks to um, Stevens Point. And I became a stay-at-home dad pretty much permanently. I was kind of before because I wasn't teaching full-time. I was teaching three classes. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it was like a massive change from going to 600,000 people to 18,000 people and yeah, and, and becoming a stay-at-home dad and everything like that. In what ways is it simpler? In what ways is it more complicated? Um, what specifically? Well, like you live in a smaller city. Oh, right. Now. 
but yeah, you yeah, also yeah. have this like all-consuming little person yeah oh I definitely wouldn't change any of that like at all parts of us were like oh Milwaukee like it's challenging because we do live here and like the politics and demographic and things are definitely different than say Milwaukee um but when you're in Milwaukee you're not really surrounded by nature a lot sure there are parks and stuff you can go to but things are like you know it's like Madison but I would say even crazier when it comes to like traffic and like traveling and stuff and um yeah here everything is so much more slower everything is a much slower pace like everything is also within reach of our home like groceries and like lakes and parks and um yeah just all of that so it's it's easier in that way um and I would say it's harder in the way that I think we want we lived in Milwaukee for seven years and one of our favorite areas that we lived in was the River West area, which is like the culmination in Milwaukee of all the different, you know, cultures and backgrounds and people. And um, so in terms of culture, there is not a massive diversity here of different types of people. So I would say that is a challenge for us. Um, just because we do want to raise maple with that sort of background and openness to other people and cultures and beliefs and everything. So um, I think that is a big challenge that we're going to kind of have to go through as she's sort of getting older, but we'll, we'll do our best to travel to back to Milwaukee and, and uh, Madison and, make those trips to that's that's something we've talked about and how have you maintained your life as an artist while becoming a dad and leaving teaching i know you have the project with me yeah no that's the way you worded that question was perfect um i well i have gone through a lot i've gone through um quite an identity crisis basically when i became a stay-at-home parent and we moved um first we lived in a very small rent uh month-to-month apartment before we could buy a house we were trying to find a house um and that's kind of like where the worst part of my mental health happened um because we were in this um like 600 square foot apartment with all of our stuff um and two cats and a baby and it was one of those sub-level rentals with like the windows you know towards the ceiling and um the lady above she she had lived there above us um she had apparently lived there for, for like the last 15 years and she smoked and you could smell it coming down through the vents and we did not have air conditioning either and it was in July in August and so it was just like humid and damp and like smelled and we were like we had like a like an eight-month-old baby and it just was really not ideal for us um I don't think for many people and um it was just a really big challenge and then I've got 
people constantly asking me like, so when do you have time to paint? Like, when do you have, where's your studio going to be? Like when you get a house and all of this stuff. And I mean, so I was a painter for, for since Michelle, that's like how we met in an art class. Um, but since we've been together, so like 13 years and, and then I was teaching for four years, drawing and painting. And, um, it, it's just been such a massive part of my life. Um, and I was very introspective before I had a child and, um, maybe a bit conceited as well, just like trying to like make it whatever that might mean in the art world and be successful. And I think to me that meant like selling work to like provide for my family, but in the art, the art world. And that's like a whole different conversation about, about that. And I've, I've done everything. I've, I've had multiple solo shows. I've traveled in internationally. I've, you know, I've done so much, but to actually sell work is extremely difficult. Um, and so anyways, yeah, I, I definitely, I'm going back to your question of how I maintain being an artist um, while being a stay at home dad. So I, I was really struggling with, with things um, living in that apartment. And then after we moved to our, our house, which we absolutely love, I still was searching for something and I'd always done photography, wedding photography in the background, um, always like picked up a camera for things, but I never really focused on my life. And so when Maple was born, um, since the beginning, I sort of started photographing Michelle's pregnancy and the, the birth of my daughter and then her life since then. And it has been, it has taken me out of um, my introspective, um, you know, egotistical, I guess you could say, brain of like constantly creating. I, I used to create my own like world and create my own ideas and realities and things like that with painting and drawing. But now I can't do that because I don't have time and I'm it's good because instead of creating, I'm actually receiving. I'm receiving like the world now through my daughter in a way that I would never have done otherwise. So, so it, yeah, it's very therapeutic for me. Um, and I think that might answer your question of how I maintain that. It's, it's like the camera for me is, is a way to see the world differently and to stop time for just a second, like amongst all the chaos um, and to see something a little bit, like uh, to see beauty in the mundane and the simple. And um, that's, that's how I maintain like my sanity um, as well as like my visual aesthetic and constantly challenging my brain to think about things in in artistic um terms i'm so struck by the going from like creating or imagining your own world to actually being in one or to like to be mm -hmm. receptive to yeah one. yeah do you, yeah do you think there's because i think to myself oh i would like to do that too to be less sort of like how am i inserting myself in this 
situation and more yeah. like what is like who else I, I remember I interviewed someone and they said I when they got older they felt less like what do people like when they walk into a room what are people seeing when they look at me and they became more like interested in who's in the room yeah do you think there's like a way uh is that age is that it's because it sounds like having maple it like flipped a switch for you but is there yeah. other ways you think that that sort of orientation change happens I don't know I it's hard for me to say because I only have my personal experience I mean it's sort of like what you're saying is like to me sounds like what can flip the switch for people for that and I don't know I mean I feel like I know people who who were like I was or and and I, that that part of me still exists I mean but it's it's I've also found other parts of me right but like it just sort of reminds me and I don't know if this relates totally but um you know like if someone gets in a car accident you know maybe they're like drunk drunk driving or something and they get in a car accident will they will they change now after this and what will will this be enough, you know? And I don't know, I, I have friends and family that not necessarily drunk driving, but just different, you know, personal struggles and dilemmas with things. And sometimes those incidents or sometimes those accidents or changes in life, I feel like do actually make a change in that person's life for them personally and add to their life in a positive way. And then sometimes those things happen and then you're, you just see it, you know, from, from the outside, like, oh, this happened, but they're still going through the motions. They're not, it hasn't done anything. And, and it's always really kind of sad to see that, I think, um, because you're always hoping that that, that time, that thing might happen. Um, they may make a big change to view the world differently and, and sometimes it doesn't happen. So I don't know. I mean, I think for me, it's, it was maple um, because I, I just, I'm forced to slow down. I have to slow down and I never slowed down. I was always like hustling and making stuff and sharing it online and applying for shows and spending money on materials and like schmoozing at galleries and trying to get in, you know, and all of this stuff. And I can't do literally any of that anymore. So it's like, at least not right now. Um, and, and it's good for me. It's, it's like my brain has been cleared of the confusion and like this chase for something that to me is really trivial kind of at this point, not that art is trivial, but like, the art world in a way is so um is there any sense of grief from that or is it relief oh it was both i mean it was it was a lot of grief at first i mean my partner michelle heard me so many times and she's she's a counselor um although she's not my counselor and she makes sure to tell me that um but but she is a great partner and a great listener and always rooting for me and um I was just in this like middle ground for so long like fighting this and like thinking back to my education getting my master's degree teaching like what was all what was it all worth 
you know, all of this stuff, I constantly was fighting for months and months and months. And um, I still even have times where I think of those things, but it, it doesn't bother me like it used to. And I don't think it will anymore. And I think I'm a lot just more open to the world and possibilities than, than I, I would never have been otherwise. So I think moving did that too, because I'm not around. Like when I was in Milwaukee, that's where I graduated. That's where I was teaching. That's where all the galleries are, you know, and I'm sort of, I'm, I'm forced away from that. I'm two and a half hours North. There's like nothing here. I mean, there is in terms of like art places, but not anywhere near like Milwaukee. So it's funny because when you're in Milwaukee, you're thinking it's a massive town, but when you live there for so long, you, you're, you see this artist at the store that, you know, you know, this gallery down there is having a showing. So it's just all, like at the forefront of your mind and um, you feel like you need to get out and you need to chase those things and obtain something from them. But I can't do that either anymore. And in a way I'm really grateful for that. I love Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee and the arts, but like for me, I did not realize how much it was clouding my perception of the world. So I'm thinking there's some question for me around like, this wanting to attain more or accumulate more and yeah. how, like, what is, it sounds like that's shifted for you that it's less about how much more can I gain from the world, but yet you have the project with Maple that is accumulating in its own yeah. way. Interesting. Is there some, are, do the, does it feel similar to you or a different um, style or? Yeah, it, it it's, it, that's a really good question. I never really thought about that. Um, I, I, um, I, it's definitely different for me in the way that like, I was making a lot of work and different bodies of work previously, like paintings. Um, and I was, I knew in the back of my mind though, that I wanted to like make something that people would purchase I I mean I'm trying to be as authentic as possible and like during my grad school experience I um my whole body of work was actually about hauntings and ghosts and um that is a that is a whole nother kind of conversation because I grew up in a house that um many people would call haunted and I saw things and heard things and I lived it was it was a doctor's house um one of the first built doctor's houses in Oshkosh and you know patients died there and stuff um so that is like a whole nother thing so anyways I did my whole series of work on that and I was I believed in it with all of my heart I put it out there I had a few shows with it but you know what like not many of the pieces were purchased and and you know that does affect your your like psyche on it because you put in like so much passion and work and craft and everything and like you kind of question what it's all worth like it's sitting in my basement right now and that was like seven or eight years ago and it's wrapped in like 
stuff in my basement right now. And it's just there. And it was a, it was a dark time in my life and the work is kind of dark and, um, that's what it's about. And, um, so I kind of wanted to shift my thinking from that, like, okay, well, I was being 100% authentic with that, but people didn't really vibe with it. And, you know, I couldn't make any monetary gains from it. So then I started thinking like, then you play that game, like, well, how can I be authentic, but also make something that is, I suppose, pretty or something that is visually something that someone would want to own that isn't, you know, scary per se, like my work was. And, um, so that's like where that went. Um, but then with the maple thing, um, in the project, you know, I've rid myself kind of of that, that painting idea. And well, not to say that I don't want to continue painting, but monetary gains and all that, we talked about that as in my past a bit more. And how is the maple project different? It's different in the way that I know that I'm not going to make like big money on this thing. Like I know I'm not going to make much at all. I don't know. My goal with it is to make a book that people will purchase, but it's not going to be, you know, like a painting that's like $2,000. It's like a book that I don't know would range from like 50 to $90 or maybe even less than that. And, um, and I won't make a lot of monetary gains on it. What I will do though, what I do gain from it for me is just trying to, um, to have people see the way that I see and um, like love, like maybe the way that I love and love the, love the world and like the people that you personally interact with or like the viewer of the book would be thinking about these things, um, like about how to record their own lives, maybe in like a creative way and see beauty in the mundane or something like that. Um, and also, I guess maybe the, the most important thing is like be receptive. Like for me, that's what Maple gave me. And I'm so much more receptive to the world instead of chasing I am receiving and maybe the viewers of the book would then have that same feeling and, or want that in their lives and maybe go out and try to find it or something, or maybe not find it because if you're going out to try to find it, you're not really receiving maybe, I don't know. And that starts getting a little bit goofy when you start thinking like that, but yeah, I don't know. Um, that's how it's different for me, though, between the uh, like my previous ideas of art and like the art world and being successful and what this book would do for me in terms of how I would view its success. So even though your your ideas about the art world and success in an art context have shifted, do you think your mission as an artist has stayed the same or has that changed also? Um, I think, I think it's kind of stayed the same, um, in the way that at my core, this is what I want to do. I want to give, I, I've always wanted that for like my viewers or whatever. Um, 
but I got lost with that along the way, which I feel like a mil- like a million artists do. Um, and so I think it's definitely, um, my goals have, have stayed the same. They've just resurfaced and I found them again in, they've just been boosted up a lot more and come to even more realizations, um, personally than, than they have ever in the past. Would you agree that money walks in and art walks out? Um, yeah, I, I, I would, but it's, it's really hard to say because, you know, what is art? I mean, that's, you know, the art world, that's how the art world works. That's how the art world works. That's not necessarily how art works. Um, in the art world, that's how it works. I mean, galleries are trying, they're, they're show, they show artists that they're, they're trying to make a profit. You know, I mean, they're a building, they have to pay rent, they have to make money, um, they have to pay their employees and themselves. And so they're, they're only gonna take work that is popular and sells and um or they think has potential you know um and so it, the art world works like that but art is not the art world you know um art is life art is what happens between moments and um you can't put a price on that you can just sort of view it and see it and be receptive to it happening and attempt to capture that. Um, or if you're viewing it, you can just view it and just know that it's there, I think. Um, for me, I think like, I've, I'm always kind of thinking about what is the definition of art? And I don't really know, but I think it, it has to do with something that I just said. Um, that's as close as I've kind of come to defining it. Do you think there's such thing as enough money? Uh, definitely not. No, no, I don't. Um, You're like more is always more. No, uh, no. I mean, I don't think that. Yeah. Yeah. More is always more. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So you, so where you are, you can, go on Zillow and be like, oh, I would love to have that house instead. Like there's always another sort of, because what I hear you describing before is like, I'm happy with my life. Oh, see, no, I'm confused with what you were saying. I'm saying for most people or for, you know, the capitalist idea is, yeah, I want a better job, a better house, a better car, a better, all of these things. Yes. You you don't feel that way. No, I don't feel that. No, okay. I, 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 no. See, so I feel like what you're saying is true for a lot of people. And I yes. feel like, you know, you look at people who've won the lottery, for example, they like, just problem like, solved. Majority, what was that? Problem solved. Well, they think their problems are solved, but a lot of people blow their money and they don't think about like the meaning of their money and it's just gone. It's just to accumulate um, things and stuff. Um, and so a lot of people aren't happy. I mean, the richest people in the world, many of them aren't happy. Tons of people who have so much money 
you know, um, don't live the great, the greatest lives. They, they drink, they, they have relationship issues. They, you know, people kill themselves who are, who are, who are rich, you know, I mean, just as much as other people, I think, or maybe more. So I definitely don't think money solves problems. Um, I think money can help um, with things, but to some extent, there it, it won't do anything because what we all really want is to feel connected. What we all really want is to feel loved by someone or people and a community and. Um, so, no, I don't think money solves problems, if that's kind of what you were asking or the way that you, you know, asked me the question. How far into the future do you think? Um, I, I think, like, I think you can't think too far into the future. Um, and in terms of, like, I think, I think, you know, macro and micro. Um, I think for my macro thoughts, I think five or 10 years into the future, but I really don't try to think much further than that because life can happen. Things can change in like an instant, um, you know, and in, in my micro way of thought in the projection of the future, it's, it's, it's every, you know, hour or something like that when it comes to having a kid and you know things can again change in a second like you could be ready to go to the the park and you get your daughter's shoes on and she starts running outside and trips and hits her chin you know and she's bleeding and you're like okay now my whole plan has changed we're not doing that you know so um so yeah I and in terms of like I do think more about my family a lot more in the future. Um, I've been thinking more about pushing my wedding photography business. I've been thinking more about attempting to invest in other things, maybe like real estate or something like that, that I can build, kind of attempt to build wealth for my family in the future. Um, and both of our families don't really come from much, especially mine. And so I think if I can kind of do that for my daughter, that is what I, I want to do. Um, and yeah, whereas before having a kid, I thought just like, when is my next show going to be? What's my next painting going to be? What, like how many, how many likes or followers am I going to gain from this? from this painting that I post, you know, as soon as I finish it, I have to take a picture of it. And so I, I wasn't thinking far into the future much at all, actually. So that's changed. Is there anything we haven't touched on before I ask my last question? Um, not that I, not that I can think of. No, no, I've, I've liked how this conversation has gone a lot. Okay, good, good. Um, I don't have a child of my own. I just, I became a new uncle uh, this past February and- um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, one of my best friends from high school just had a child. One of my best friends from college is about to have a child. Yeah. Um, 
is there anything so I have a certain feeling of like my niece and how I feel yeah. about you know it was just like something I could have never imagined like there's a, a baby now that is like half my brother and half my sister-in-law and now it's another person in the family it's like sort of yeah. just like conceptually a lot and obviously I like love her to death and would take a bullet for her in two seconds <laughs> but being a parent is there anything like that love feeling that's a really good question um no I I just I do have to just immediately like that's my guttural answer um I wouldn't have known it otherwise and like when I first had maple like you you go it just has been growing she's two years old now and you know we were first-time parents um during the pandemic living in an apartment um not having any perceptions of what our future will hold where we're going to live when we can buy a house all of this stuff um and life was really crazy then and I loved her then and I didn't think that I could love her more but I love her more and more literally every day. I mean, it's, it scares you when you're a parent and you think, I mean, I think about um, like mortality and like life and death, I guess I, that, that's something else that I grappled with a lot more lately and um, thought about because you just think about like you, you want everything to be okay for your kid. You want, like, you don't want anything to happen to your kid. And, um, I've had like people that I know who have lost children in the past, um, for different reasons. And like you until, like, until I had a kid, I didn't really perceive that loss. I just, I did I could, I couldn't, I just couldn't because I didn't have that, but I love Maple more and more every single day. And I see her personality coming out now. And like yesterday night, like I swear every day something happens that you're like, Oh my gosh, you're, you're so much bigger. You're like, you're like a human, not that you weren't, but like, I see you more. And I, I don't know. She came up to me. I was actually at like a little craft show and I was showing some of my photography there um and her and uh, Michelle came in and I said I said hi I said hi to Michelle looking at Michelle um and Maple was walking on the ground below her and she just looked up at me and said hi and waved her hand at me and she's never done that before I'm so used to sort of talking to Michelle and then sort of like going down to Maple and then talking to her, but like, she just said, hi, like, she just said, hi. And I just, I like got goosebumps. And I just was like, who are you? Like, you are a different, she changes every day. And my love for her just continually grows. And I, it's so, it's impossible to, to tell like another person if, if you don't have a kid or, or something like that, like what kind of love, can exist um and I know like it you can have it with other things and animals and and things and kids are for people and they aren't for people and there's all of this whole conversation about all of that but for me um like I've never loved 
something more than I love maple. So, yeah. Well, I'm so happy for Maple and for Michelle and you. And I want to say thank you for sharing your work because if you didn't, I wouldn't have found you on the World Wide Web. So oh. thank you for that. And thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you so much, Dan. It was a pleasure. <laughs>